Welcome to Artistic Beginnings. I'm Mitch. And I'm Melody. We're siblings who grew up working in the entertainment industry and were deeply impacted by the arts. I'm a professional actor, singer, and dancer working in Los Angeles and New York, still pursuing an artistic career. I, on the other hand, am no longer pursuing that career. I went on to become a researcher, though I'm still involved in the creative industry. Artistic Beginnings is all about the winding artistic paths that creatives follow in their lives. We share these inspirational stories with you so that you can learn and grow as a creative. So, let's get into it! Welcome back, everyone. Hi. Hope you all had a good week. We have a very exciting episode today, a very fun one. Another one of our... A special guest. Yes, a very special guest. Another one of our cool topical episodes. Uh, do you want to give them a little rundown of what they're going to be hearing, Mitch? Yeah, they're going to be hearing our mom. Yay. Mom is going to be we- listening to herself for the next half hour. <laughs> <laughs> We we did this because our listeners asked for it. Yes. I'm sorry, our listener, our listener asked, for asked it. to be on the show. <laughs> See, if you just asked, so it'll just happen. like you. If you send us as many emails as our mom does <laughs> exactly. from an email account that is AOL. Yes. We too will have you on the show. Yes. Um yeah, but she's already here with us. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> She's enthused. Um, I am yeah, enthused. and we are super excited to talk about the topic today of pay to play, mm-hmm. which our mom is a go for it. Not a big fan of. Yes, mom is not a big fan of pay to play. Spoiler just alert: the whole the whole episode. I also away? feel like it's it it's a somewhat newer thing, right? Like it's not like new new but in the past i'd say 10 15 years it became like really popular or has it been something that's always been in the industry no No. well we'll get more into that um yeah but first in a second you want to give a brief introduction to yourself yeah sure i'm mitch and melody's mom um in my former life i was an actor and then i had mitch and then I had Melody, and I decided it was more fun to be a mother than an actor. Um, and then I directed for a little bit, and then I became a stage mother. And now I'm just a normal civilian with opinions on a lot of entertainment-related issues. So I've sort of seen it from many different angles. Yeah, lots of different angles. I, yeah. I, I think it's also important to mention you're an acting coach, too. Oh, yes, I'm an acting coach, too. Okay. Yes. Too many hats. For, <laughs> I, so many hats. And I'm a kitchen wench as kitchen well. Kitchen wench! <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I coach kids that are auditioning for college programs, which should be a whole other episode. It will be. And, and just actors that are auditioning for various projects. Awesome. Yes. And that's JoJo. And that's JoJo wheezing, wheezing. on my lap. Because <laughs> this is an audio program. <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs> and we needed a dog and an a turned on piano in front it's of our either, guest. It's either Jojo wheezing or barking outside. So good. This is, better. This is yeah. amazing. Great audio content. <laughs> so pay to play. I don't know exactly what that means. Can you describe it? Well, basically, it's the idea that you pay for a class of some sort with somebody who could potentially further your career. So it's either 
an agent, a manager, a casting director, a casting associate, producer, a producer, someone who's done the show often. before for yeah, musical theater stuff. I yeah. mean, theater is and film and TV are different animals. I've seen pay to play with photographers peddling their wares, all kinds of so the general concept of it, if I'm understanding correctly, is an actor will see some kind of event and they will pay the event manager or whatever to participate. It, yeah, it's yes. usually in the in the format of either a workshop or a showcase or a class are the like most right. popular ones. So they also may not even be like a one time sort of deal. There are lots of pay to plays that are like, here is a two to four week class or, you know, master classes right. or things like that. Where at the end, you will then show what you learned to industry Sometimes, So yeah. the whole theory behind it, well, if it's not that, then it's just a class, then it's not a pay-to-play. I mean, well, no, if you're doing well, a class, you're doing a class. But if you're, if it's, like a what showcase. I consider pay-to-play is something that before this legislation came down in Los Angeles, the idea was it would somehow further your career or open a door to you that you didn't have access to before. Or somebody would see you that you would normally not right. have. Yeah, it's paying it's paying to be put in did. front of somebody, whether it be casting director paying, or a right. yes. A showcase. Yeah. The general theoretical bribe is that it will get you something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whether it's an agent or, or a role an audition or, yeah. or something like that. So for me, my assumption was that it was simply like what I suppose is wrong about what I assumed it was, was it's a show that somebody like a director is putting on and you have to pay to be an actor in that show. Is that a simplified version of the same thing or is that something completely different? No, that's different. I also consider that pay to play. That one is more, and I I don't agree with that, but if people want to do that, that's their business. Mm -hmm. That is more like belonging to a theater troupe. Yeah. 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 It's like that other one that you pay in different currency. You're not necessarily paying cash. You're paying with your time. Right. Yeah. Um, Again, and this is, we're going to go into areas that could fill up other podcasts. That's the difference between a hobby and a profession. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, right. if you want to belong to a group that puts on plays and you want to pay to belong to that group, then you're really not a professional. If you are paying them in order for you to be performing, you are not being paid. So that's the differentiation between, in our books, somebody taking advantage of a system where they're making money, putting people putting actors in front of people to potentially get hired versus giving people the opportunity to do what they want to do they, yes. without any expectation on the other side. 100%. So, 100%. Pay to play is 100% so then, taking advantage of the... Well, man on the top yeah. ball. It's taking advantage of the person that wants the work. So I think then the interesting thing for me right now is the differentiation between when it is pay to play and when it is anything else. So what's coming to mind for me is actually a voiceover class thing that we did. And at the very end, we did a showcase in front of casting directors. Is that considered pay to play? Yep. 
All in right. my books, it is. So I mean, we participated in that, but we pulled value from it. Yeah, is you, but that, you did learn there, from there, that. Yeah, you, that's the thing is that there are lots that you do actually learn from. And we also, you know, got a voiceover reel out of it and things like that. So there are some that kind of straddle that thing of you do gain some knowledge from it, but it's the, I think, the false advertising of, you know, you could get representation, blah, yes. blah, blah, out and, of it. And that actually happened before. So there's this this law that's been enacted in California, in Los Angeles particularly. I think other states may have variations of it. But the essence of this law is that in any situation, whether it's a day or a weekly thing or a monthly thing, if you are approaching actors to take a class to learn something, there has to be language in the information distributed that says this is not guaranteeing employment or potential employment. And the tricky wording is that with actors, potential employment is an audition. Mm -hmm. So they have to have a disclaimer that that's not nobody involved is going to offer you any potential employment. Also, which I didn't really realize and I reread it this morning. They are not, and Melody, you'll tell me this because I know you you did these. They are not allowed to keep a headshot. They are not allowed to keep a resume. They are not allowed to take a business card. They are not allowed to take a reel. They are technically not allowed to have a roster with your phone number on it. Yeah. It's supposed to be a class. Yeah. And they're not allowed to provide, like in an acting situation, any script that they're currently working on unless the role has been passed. So how do they run these things? How do they get repeated? Well, I I can speak from experience. There have been, I've done a lot more so, I've done a handful of pay-to-plays, but I've done more so like workshops or masterclasses where it's a free event that, you know, whether it be through SAG or other companies where it's basically like either a conversation or, you know, there was one with a commercial agent who was basically just giving you tips and tricks of things of like, this is what I look for, but I'm here to just kind of help you give you some information on commercials, all of that, but not ever like I am looking for someone to represent and I am going I mean they can pull you in but that is not how it is at all advertised as this is if you come to this class you will get an agent or they will take you but there have been plenty where they do keep your headshot or they do have I've filled out plenty of those where you put your name and phone number and all of that those don't exist anymore because they're not allowed to yeah. yeah, it seems interesting because like the same thing happens in corporate America too, right? Like the, the meetup group that I'm a part of, like we never guarantee that you're going to get work, but the whole purpose is to network and networking. Yeah. You pay for to go to those networking events, but those are but in essence also, the idea of getting more work. Yeah, there are so many free ones though in the entertainment industry. And I think that's where that, that I think it was what, like a couple of years ago where it kind of really came to a head where there were so many where they were kind of guaranteeing that if you do this, you know, we can't say that you'll get an audition, but it was almost implied that you were getting well, put in like a list of people that if you did that, you were then put on a special list of like, oh, this is, you know, people to call in, which is not which, a lot. <laughs> that's why people do them, yeah. right? Let's be honest. That's why people do them because they think, they're going to get seen. They're going to get remembered. They're going to get a kernel of more information. That's the only reason that people are continually signing right, up. Which I things. think is fair. Like it is a way to get yourself in front of people. But I don't think that having a price 
like a paywall is fair. You know what I mean? Because I feel like it, there's nothing, I don't think there's anything wrong with having so, a Q&A or a workshop session with someone. But I think when you have to pay for it, that's when it gets weird. I don't know. But Right. Well, but why would they do it? I mean, yeah. they have a life, they have a job. I'll tell you, one of the reasons is that they're not adequately paid. Right. So that's why they do so, it. So we're saying that it would be okay if it was a free to play. <laughs> the visual is helping you, right? It is. <laughs> here's my here's my bottom line on this. If the industry wasn't so saturated with bodies, this wouldn't be a thing. It's just another tool for people to create a cottage industry to take advantage of the lowest common denominator, which is the actor. And there's too many of them. As much as I do think you can get a lot of great information from those, especially if you're starting out or whatever, I do feel like if the industry was a little more fair, that wouldn't have to exist to feel like you need an edge. You need that extra little bit. Because I, that's, I mean, I did it. Everyone I know, I know has done I... it. And you do it because you're trying to do absolutely everything you can to further your career. So when that's, you know, when other people, it's kind of like the thing where like, well, well, if everyone else is doing it, I guess I have to do it too. It's like social media. It's 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 so the people that are working aren't doing right. it. So I guess one thing that we can do is is figure out or share what to look out for to avoid getting taken advantage by one of those systems. Like, how do you spot right. it? Well, yeah, because we don't want this well, to be like, don't take acting classes or you know, don't go to a master class because those are helpful and. Those are valid. Yeah. I'm all for classes yeah. and I'm all for master classes. It doesn't need to have a showcase. If you're learning something, you don't need to prove that you're learning something. You should be able to learn it, take the tool that you learned and apply it to your auditions. And if you're, I don't know, if you're not getting the auditions, this is not going to get you auditions. You know, it's so, I mean, it's a really tricky territory. Right. I think classes are valid. I have an issue with the master classes where you have, you know, a 10 minute slot and you get up and you do your audition and your critiques. I don't know what the value is mm. in that. I mean, you've, you've done a melody. Yeah, I, do, do you get kernels of, oh, this, I'm on the right track. I'm not on the right track. This is why it's not I working. Mean, or are you basically, you know, you're just showing off that I can do yeah, this and, not, you know, you're stealing music from other yeah, people. Yeah, it's, I've, I have done a fair amount of those. I will say that like, no matter anything that I've done, I've found something helpful from it, whether it be I'm on the right track or, you know, a fun piece of information. But I will say, and not to toot my own horn, but like the majority of the times that I would do a class where it was like, go up, do your work, get critiqued on it, they didn't have a lot to say say or to help. And I don't know if that's just because I was further in my career than most people where I wasn't at the point of like, okay, make sure not to upstage, make sure not to, you know, look up when you're, if you're doing a cold read, look up when you have a moment, like try not to bury yourself in the script, things like that, which can be very valuable for people starting off in their career. But that's also stuff that you can get from an acting class. So like that. I find conversations more helpful than anything. Like the Q&As I find really informational. And I also find it super helpful watching other people work as well. But again, you can get that you in an acting class. class. Yeah. And from a financial point of view, what you're going to pay for one of these 
for two hours where 10 people have an opportunity to get up and do a two-minute monologue is roughly the same that you're going to pay for a full month of weekly acting classes. That are four hours. That are two or three hours where you are assigned things, you learn things, you rehearse with people. So, you know, unless you're independently wealthy, it does. it's not very cost effective yeah. in my opinion. I would say, I mean, because I've done a lot of free ones too. The free ones were more just like to make sure I was on the right track and having that, you know, justification and that's not the right word. The, um, no, it is. I mean, like the, the clarification and the confidence to be like, okay, I am doing the right thing. I may have not gained a lot of information, but at least when I went to New York, I did a lot of them just to make sure that transferring from LA my acting was in the realm of what New York was looking for and you know my vocal whatever like all of the free things that I did there was to just kind of like make sure that I'm on the same track as everyone else and not coming out of left field with you know because the it's similar but the acting styles are definitely different and the vocal styles are definitely different on each coast so that was helpful to me but again those were free so I'm I didn't really lose anything other than a couple hours (laughs) of watching other people work you know Like, Um, you know, the big Apple Top Festival, totally worth it. That was a market as anything other than you get to tap with 30 different people, you know? I mean, same thing with Jen Waldman. Like, I did two separate classes there that were quote-unquote master classes, I would say, because it was, you know, only a four-week thing where we were specifically working on either Rock You, which was with Kyle, just working on everything under the umbrella of pop, anything basically not musical theater. And then the audition prep class, I got a lot of information from both of those. And they were classes. They were, you know, from industry professionals. But But they they weren't promising anything other than teaching you something, which is valid. Yeah. the, The assumption, though, is that just by doing those things... In addition, it's an unspoken thing, though, still, right? That you could get work based on doing it. Right. So that's essentially it. And, and, you know, people were arrested here a couple of years ago. Yeah. Two, three years ago. Yeah. Um, for for exactly one that I did (laughs) yes crazy see you only think about I only thought that they'd get arrested if it was like a pedophilia type deal oh my god no there's so much to get arrested for I mean it's false advertising it is false but they they made so much money they made so much money you have to think how did they get arrested who turned them in people that didn't get work (laughs) yeah that would be my guess I mean you know who 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 blew the whistle on him? Yeah. Let's do some questions. Mom, right. do you have these memorized? I wasn't prepared for this, so yeah, go ahead. Okay. What do you think is the hardest thing about pursuing the arts, Mom? Well, I I think the hardest thing is maintaining a positive attitude, being able to let things go, and understand that you have no control. So those are three things. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Those are my top, top three. <laughs> I could have given you my top ten. Those are my top three. Next time we'll get them. You rest. may pick. Okay, great. I Thanks, mean, that's Mom. all the same thing, yeah. you know? It's all variations on a theme. Yeah. yeah. All right, next okay. question. What is your favorite piece of art right now? <gasps> I'm going to say out. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Every <laughs> single episode that Mom is on single... here. No, I have to tell you, the book series, for those of us who read, as well as the television series, which is excellent. We're watching it together every night. Mm-hmm. And it's time travel and 18th century Scotland. and Just a great story. England. Yeah. And it's just, it's great. It's a great yeah. story. 
Great acting. Great acting. So, Mom, what keeps yeah. you up at night? The two of you. Sometimes your father's snoring. Um, <laughs> but, but the depressing state but, of your children. <laughs> no, you know what? Somebody told me a long time ago. Actually, I know who it was, and I'm not going to say. But um, she's, she told me that you are only as happy as your least happy child. So you're really sad. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Mom. It's not always you. <laughs> Mostly you, but not always you. Mostly me. No, you know it's what? So it's dumb. really hard when you it's hard it's hard when you grow out of the me being able to kiss you and make it okay. Mm-hmm. And I can't make everything okay. And it's it's awful for me to realize that. Yeah. You help me. Well, we're we're I all try. powerless. <laughs> we are, but yeah, that's I worry about you guys. That's that's pretty much what keeps me up at night. Oh, and the dog because she snores as well. That's true. Louder than dad. Yeah, louder than sometimes. Yeah, see, sometimes I wake up and I'm worried about one of you, and then there's so much snoring I can't fall back asleep. <laughs> and then sometimes she scratches, and I think, oh, we're having an earthquake. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. no. All right, last question. What one piece of advice would you give someone who wants to pursue the arts? Let's see. I would say, you know, try, make a commitment, take a class, try it and finish out your commitment. And if you don't like that class in that particular part of the arts, find a class in some other artistic endeavor. Because I think the arts are imperative in our lives. And there's, I mean, so so many different things you can do and even if you come out the other end and you never pursue making your living in the arts you can always appreciate what goes into it and until you try it you really don't know what goes into it and that folks is why melody and i are doing this podcast and why we are the way we are yes <laughs> yep sorry <laughs> guilty it's okay no i mean it's when, I think you have to do, you have to try. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that something similar with what dad says is going to be a mixture of how Melody and I feel exactly about that. I Amazing. Mean, you know, your grandparents were, I mean, both artistically involved and huge patrons of the arts, of all kinds of arts. Yeah. And when I was growing up, I was exposed to everything. And when you were growing up, we exposed you to as much as we could too. Yeah, you got to expose the next generation. That's why we take JoJo to opera. You have to, you know, you just have to find a way to put the arts in your life. Yeah. It makes you feel better when you're up at night worrying about your children. Yes. You can just put on Sugar Rush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that new I one. Know. Yes. It's so good, Mitchell. It's sugar work. So they like it's glass blowing, but with sugar. Ooh, it's it's fun. insane. Mom showed me one of the yeah. things that they made. It's crazy. Yeah. Did you all ever watch the the not not documentary? It's basically like Fortune and Fire, except with glass blowing. No, but I saw that that was put on Netflix. Yeah, it's good. This is edible. Yeah, edible is better, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Glass is not edible. Melt. That's the thing with the sugar is that that the sugar could like melt, so it's extra. I think once it's at this point, it's solid. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. This was fun. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Mom. Mom. I love you. Yeah, I love you, too. Cool. All right. I'm going to end my recording and then go. Wait, wait. We haven't done our outro yet. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. You can find our mom at. (laughs) 
www.donhollisacting.com donhollisacting.com or at our house (laughs) (laughs) just yell out kitchen wrench and she'll appear not Not wrench wrench wrench. kitchen wrench (laughs) (laughs) the kitchen wench has a kitchen wrench Hey, thanks for listening. For more information about the podcast, visit our website, www.artisticpodcast.com. If you liked the episode, do us a favor and share it with a friend. It's the best way to help people find our podcast and will help support the show. For updates on new episodes and content, you can follow us at The Artistic Pod on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next week. See ya.